In the Warm Room is just one of those songs that I just, I think, again, you know, she uses the lyrics in such a way that, and I know she actually wrote it for, for men, um, from mm-hmm. what I understood. That was like the intention of the song. But I actually really connect with it myself as a woman. So that's one of the reasons why I was drawn to it was that it, it just, again, um, it just describes sexuality and sensuality in such a beautiful way. Welcome to Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush. I am Cecily Link, and this week we are going to be discussing the seventh track from Kate's second album, Lionheart, called In the Warm Room. get into the discussion with this week's guest for In the Warm Room, I just wanted to add a few of my thoughts before we start. This song, I'm going to be real honest up front, is not a favorite. I don't skip it, but I don't have a lot of personal connection to it. That's not to say that it's a bad song, because I don't think it is. I think it's beautifully written. It's beautifully sung. I like the piano. I like that it goes back to her just sitting at the piano and playing a beautiful song and bringing us into her world. It's just not something that I have a ton of connection with. I actually would have preferred to have heard a more fleshed out version of, say, an earlier Kathy demo song like Frightened Eyes, which you'll remember I talked about in last week's episode with Zoe P as a possible connection with Full House. Uh, or something like a song of something else that was a little bit older, but hey, we we flesh out the melody or add some other instruments and boom, there you go. So I would have liked something a little bit more like that rather than this song and maybe have this one as a B-side for a single. So I'm not saying it's a bad song. It's just not an absolute favorite or really a favorite much. It's just, okay, it's kind of nice. Um, that seems to be the vast opinion of the song. Like anything I ever see about Lionheart, a lot of people don't tend to talk about this song. And certainly when I put out the feelers for Lionheart guests for this season, nobody else except for this week's guest even mentioned this song. So for this week's song, we are making a call all the way to Sydney, Australia to talk with Sarit Vandegraaff, who is a longtime Kate fan and a huge fan of this song. As you will hear, this is one of her absolute favorites. And, you know, after talking with her about why she loves this song and her own personal connection to it, you know, I understand why people like it. And I understand why people absolutely love this song. It's still not an absolute favorite, but, you know, it was really awesome to talk with somebody who loves this song when 
I'm a little more ambivalent about it. So without further ado, here we go. Here's my discussion with Sarit Vandegraaff from Sydney, Australia about In the Warm Room. Yes, I can see yes. you. I can't and, see. Well, oh, there we go. Hi. Okay, cool. So we'll do it as a video and an audio call. Cool. <laughs> You've got a good setup there. I don't. Uh, Apologies for that. Yes, it's so great to finally talk with you. And, and you uh, too. I'm sorry it's been so difficult to to get me. It's been um, <laughs> just a crazy few months. So, Kate Bush, were you? So, you've yes. been a fan for a long time as well, by the sounds of it. Um, yeah, actually, for about thirteen years, I yeah. I had heard of her a couple of years before. When I was sixteen, I found her randomly when I was looking to see if there were songs about Wuthering Heights. because oh. at the time I loved that novel. I really did. I was like the weird it's like kid in seventh and eighth grade, like 12, 13 years old. I was reading books yeah. that were like way above my level. <laughs> and so I really loved Wuthering Heights. Yeah. And then I, I like typed in this, this search in, uh, I think it was, I think it was Nap. Actually, it wasn't, it was Napster. Um, cause I'm part of that generation with Napster. And I, um, I found Wuthering Heights and I listened to it and three and a half minutes later, I went, what the hell was this? What is that? Yeah. And I read that it was this big hit and I couldn't understand why was this a big hit? This is weird. What the hell? (laughs) And then I kept hearing her music on um, Flashback Alternatives, which is this online only radio station. And I kept hearing her music and I would turn the mu- I would turn down the volume like, oh, I can't stand her voice. And then it just one day it just kind of hit me. I was like early college, right before I left for France, actually, I got the whole story. And then when I got to France, I got Lionheart and um, Never Forever because those two albums were not available in the U.S., Wow. Um, yes, I, I came across her around 13 as well. Um, oh, cool. A friend, a friend introduced her to me and, um, and I, it was Wuthering Heights and, um, and I was the same, same as that. It's like, what is that? Um, but I, I actually loved it from the first, you know, when I first heard it and, uh, and then just loved it ever since. And uh, I actually was in Israel, by the way, so I wasn't – it was not even an English-speaking country, um, and I and I grew up on a kibbutz. So, okay, uh, you know, uh, just to give you a bit of context around that, and I was uh, about about thirteen, thirteen or fourteen, and I had a really great friend, and she was she used to sing. She was a bit out there as well, and she introduced me to Kate Bush. She said, "Oh, you have to listen to this." She put it put her on, and uh, and we just lay in her room and just listened to the kick inside and and you know Wuthering Heights was the first song I heard and just fell in love with it immediately and then we used to go to um we actually unfortunately but you know it was just the way it was we had bomb shelters where we lived you know you kind of I suppose when you grow up in a country where that, that can where there's wars and and all of that so um 
Um, but, you know, when the bomb shelters weren't used as bomb shelters, they were used for social gatherings. It was just like basically a hall underground, if you like. And so we used to go to one of those and um, dance, put Kate Bush on and just dance in this shelter, So, uh, which sounds a bit, you know, kind of um, surreal now, but that, that was my introduction. And then um, I moved to Australia about a year later. So, um, you know, when I, when I came to Australia, I didn't listen to her very much until someone brought the kick inside of school and put her on. It was a Walkman, you know, Walkman mm-hmm. with a cassette tape back then. And I listened to her and I went, oh, my God, you know, Kate Bush, I can't believe I haven't. And then from then on, that was it. I just got all of the albums and um, and she's been around for basically all the events in my life, you know, two pregnancies, all my kind of crushes and heartbreaks and arguments and social stuff and uh, when I was low, when I was, you know, really happy, you know, she was always there um, kind of holding my hand uh, through a lot of my growing up. So I kind of feel like in a way that she's a bit of a, a member of my family in a kind of strange way. Um, and I think if I saw her, first of all, I think if I saw her, I wouldn't be able to speak, but I, I would kind of feel like she's someone that I know you know, never spoken to her, but I just, yeah, just because she's been a part of my life for so long, I'm not at all a part of her life, but she's certainly a part of my life, which is a really strange to to think about. So that that's the story. Well, it's kind of the way it is with fandom. The fandom tends to be very one-sided, yeah. where, like, you can know everything about somebody else and they'll know nothing about you. They know nothing about you and... uh you know, um, and I wonder if she even knows the impact that she's had on people, you know, the actual impact. Because she's had massive impact on my life, like huge in so many ways. Um, and I know so many other people that feel that way. Um, and I love a lot of other singers as well. I mean, I, I love Joni Mitchell and, um, you know, Sinead O'Connor is a big one for me as well and, you know, people like that. But and, you know, they've been also, you know, parts of my life in different times. But she's, there's something different about her. There's something like a lot of her songs, I feel like she really got me and who I am. Um, mm-hmm. Or I really respect the way she views the world. Or I really, or I just sometimes imagine her being a 13, 14-year-old, which is like what, what my daughter, that's the age of my daughter. My daughter is a prolific songwriter and she um she writes amazing songs so she does sit in the room and just she'll have something going on at school and she turns it into a song you know and it's it's and it's an amazing song and Kate Bush was like that age when she was writing her songs I see a lot of parallels between Mm. and her and it's, it's quite interesting to see that but I love songs that Kate Bush wrote when she was like 13 and 14 and I love them now Mm-hmm. And that to me, they're so mature and deep, and seeing way beyond a lot of a lot of what adults can see. And yet, she was so young when she wrote them. It's just incredible. Like I, I'm just at awe with all of that. So, um, you know, when you think about in the warm room being written when she was a teenager, um, mm-hmm. again, yeah, what what wisdom did you have and? How did you know about this, and how did you how did you even put all of this together? 
uh, just so it's fascinating as well to me. It's funny. She comes in and out of my life um, mm-hmm. at different times. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's phases where I'm completely obsessed with her and, and just listen to her music and there's phases where I give it a bit of a rest. And um, But, yeah, it's it's uh, she's definitely a, a massive part of, you know, who I am and how I see myself in the world as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, which I think she does to a, for a lot of people. She kind of gets into people's skin. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. there's something about that. Just yeah. Well, for me, it's that I like that she she does her own thing and doesn't give a damn what you think of yeah. her. Yeah. She's yeah. like, hey, oh, cool. this is me. You don't have to like me. In fact, I don't even care if you like me or not. I'm just going to keep doing my thing. And if you like it, that's great. And if you don't, whatever. Totally. It's exactly, you know, one of the many things that I absolutely adore about her is just her, just her confidence, her absolute in that confidence, because that's what a confident person would do. You know, they just do whatever it is that, you know, fills their cup. And, uh, and it's mm-hmm. not about what other people think. It's just, it's a bonus if, if people like it, but hey, you know that's what I do and and I, and I, and I like it. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I really admire that about her um, as well. But so thank you very much for you know asking me to talk mm-hmm. about Kate. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I put out the feelers and everything, and you had said in the warm rooms, went, okay, cool, because, like, nobody else ever signed up for that song. Which I absolutely adore. It's, like, one of my all-time favorites, and it's, uh, oh, there's so much about that song that I love. So what what is it about in the warm room that really draws you to it? I might kind of maybe take it a few steps back and just okay. talk a little bit about Kate Bush first because I think that definitely links into why I love In the Warm Room. But cool. I think growing up as a teenager, um, hearing her songs, uh, and as you know, a lot of her songs are very um, feminine, very sensual, um, mm-hmm. even sexual. You know, some of the things, some of the lyrics that she uses in her songs are quite out there from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And I, I was always drawn to the fact that, you know, here's this woman who gives permission for other young ladies and women to express themselves in that way. Um, and that it's and that, that is, is just a great thing to do. There's just like this no judgment. It was it just gives I think young girls not young girls, but you know, teenage girls to young adult uh, ladies, mm-hmm. and then and then beyond, um, a permission to celebrate their sexuality and their sensuality, and and be who they want to be. So for me, she was a really strong influence on how I saw myself as a female, as a strong mm-hmm. female. Um, and so I was really drawn to a lot of those songs that she wrote um, about that. So in the warm room is just one of those songs that I just. I think, again, you know, she uses the lyrics in such a way that, and I know she actually wrote it for, for men, uh, from mm-hmm. what I understood. That was like the intention of the song. But I actually really connect with it myself as a woman. So that's one of the reasons why I was drawn to it was that it, it just, again, um, it just describes sexuality and sensuality in such a beautiful way. You know, just even the image of the warm room, you know, like mm-hmm. you just can't you like a beautiful 
warm room. And it might be that it's warm because of it, it's actually warm physically, or it could be that um, it's just a warm welcome. It's a warm place to be. I'm accepted here. Um, so for me, it kind of gives me that, that connotation. Um, it's quite inviting, an inviting kind of, you know, lyric or sentence within the, the song. I also, in terms of the language that she uses, she, she actually directs it at someone, you know, it's, it's you. She uses, it's, it's almost like she's, she's written, written it for whoever's listening to the song, kind of from their perspective. So it's just a wonderful way of connecting people into the scene of the song, I think, as well. So that's another reason why, why I love it. And then the, the, the kind of the last reason that I love it is I'm really drawn to songs that I can sing as mm. well. And these are one of those, this is one of those songs that I, I'll sit by the piano and I'll play that song and sing it because it's such a simple, you know, piano, voice, there's nothing else. Um, it's relatively easy to play, um, easy to sing. It's it's not one of her like crazy vocal acrobatics that she does sometimes in her songs. It's it's a really simple one, and um, and so again, I'm also drawn to songs that I can sing myself mm-hmm. um, for myself. I don't perform them or anything, but it's just for my own kind of enjoyment. So a bit of everything. <laughs> this uh, this song kind of reminds me in a little bit a little bit of feel it because it is yeah. piano and voice. It goes back to when she would just sit at the family piano and just noodle around and sing to herself before all the craziness of fame and everything. And that's she was just a instead of going outside and playing with the kids, she would go play piano because that's what she yeah. does. Like, uh, you know, when people, a lot of people say, oh, I just want to see Kate Bush sit by the piano, play some songs in like a, a dark bar or something, you know, a small theatre, mm-hmm. you know, like so many people say that that would be their ideal Kate Bush concert. And I'm, I'm one of them as well. I'd love to just see her. Me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, again, it's like one of those. And Feel It is also a very sensual song as well. It's quite... Um, it does push the envelope a little bit as well. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so again, another similarity. And even a voice in both of those songs is quite, you know, it's that sweet young kind of girl voice, you know, that sings it um, in both of them because in later on other albums like, you know, if you listen to The Red Shoes, Essential World or Ariel, you know, her voice is, is deeper and, and lower and, you know, she's grown up a bit, it's, a different feel but in those earlier albums there's that really innocent kind of young girl voice that comes through Mm -hmm. and I really love her young girl voice I like the pretty high soprano and I I can still tell it's her like later on but I can tell that some of the smoking that she did probably took a toll on her voice a little bit because it's not She's not going as high as she used to, especially in this song, especially you know, when she says, she's waiting in that one room. Yeah. yeah <laughs> An octave up, but I can't it's hit the high notes. <laughs> in fact, when I play it, I've, I've actually transposed the song oh, uh, about yeah. four semitones or something because I can't sing that, that high. Um, and especially, I mean, I've grown older. I used to. Now that mm-hmm. I'm older, I can't. So my, my whole uh, book, which... Uh, 
no one else can see, but you can see. Mm, it's really, I've got uh, that book too. Have that one? What is it called? Kate Bush Complete. Yeah, oh, right wow. here, man. <laughs> it's great. I know. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think I found it at like an op shop. Like it was just lying around there and it was like $5. And Same here with mine. This was, um, I went into just a, I think it was a music and arts or something like that. We have a, a chain uh, called Music and Arts. Uh, I don't know how far out in like even the U.S. it's spread, but I know it's on the East Coast. And I just walked in and it was there. And I'm like, yeah, okay, well, just I'll this up, man. And you just think twice, do you? You just grab it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been, I reckon I've had this, how long have I had it? About 20 years, I think, something like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's been a long time. Um, and I've got another one, which is the Essential World um, book as well. Mm-hmm. But um, I just love it. I could just go through it, find a song, give it a go. Some, some sound good, some don't. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Well, especially some of her stuff from like more of the dreaming, probably – it would be interesting to hear her do a piano and voice, but those she like she specifically like wrote a lot of those songs to be like rhythm first, then put in the chords and then put in the melodies rather than oh I'm gonna sit here and noodle at the piano for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, so you know that's why I love it so much. It is one of those songs that uh again like you said no one no one was drawn to that one when you put the feelers out um mm-hmm. and and it is one of those that people don't oh what's that one how does that go how does that go again um it's not one of a f- sort of more well-known songs um I, I even read some people comment that it's for them it's a bit of a boring song or it's one of those like they, they've just fallen asleep and like what are you talking about this is so beautiful <laughs> um yeah so uh i will say that for me like there there are a couple of i think there there are a couple of parts where the lyrics are kind of and for me yeah i do it's not a like a top 10 song but i Mm -hmm. do think it is beautiful and very sensual And like you, I appreciate yeah. like, hey, here's a woman who's saying, I'm not afraid to feel like things for yeah. p- other people. Yeah. And, and it's okay. It's actually a good thing. And it's yeah. actually, you should, you should be really happy with yourself. And, you know, that sort of yeah. message. And, and it's funny, because a lot of men, I know a lot of men who well, as teens just listening to her and a lot of men were like oh she's hot and she's gorgeous and you know like all the fantasies about Kate Bush Mm -hmm. and um and I can absolutely understand why she's gorgeous stunning woman um who writes amazing songs and so talented so I, I can I totally get that but um interestingly that women like me also find that about her you know um just you know she's she's spoken to me in that way as well um, obviously my reaction is different to a teenage boy, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not just, it's not just men who, who find us so incredibly amazing and, and beautiful and, and sexual and all the rest of it and talented and mm-hmm. everything that she is. From what I understand, this is one of the songs that she wrote when she was still a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, 
songs. I think there's three songs on there on the album that she wrote sort of when she was a bit older after The Kick Inside. But uh, a lot of the songs were written around about the same time that she wrote the songs for The Kick Inside and this is yeah. one of them. Yeah, <laughs> it was supposedly... Yeah, so it was supposedly written a few years before. It's just simple piano and voice song, but there's no demo version that's leaked of this mm. song, unless this is supposed to be. Oh, this was the demo, and well, we're just going to use it because I, eh, why not? Exactly. Yeah, it was but, indeed. Um, it was supposedly it, written for you know kind of early on, and I guess they felt like they didn't really need to add a whole lot to it. Honestly, I don't think the song really needs a whole lot added to it. No. No, that's what I love about it, it's that, that simplicity. And um, I, I know um, that Lionheart was, was recorded very quickly. She wasn't mm-hmm. 100%, you know, thrilled with, you know, with the end result, I think. Um, and so maybe you're right, maybe it was one of those demos that they just shoved in because they needed to – maybe it's a filler, I don't know. But it could be. I, I don't see it as a filler at all. I, I really – you know, even the some of the descriptions – um, first of all, I just, how did you even know to describe it that way as a teenager? You know, like, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you even make the connection between, you know, the mother and the woman, you know, the fact that there's, there is a connection there between the, you know, that whole Freudian kind of mother figure and, and the woman, you know, that you love as a man or, or as another woman, mm-hmm. uh, there's, there's a lot of that there and there's a bit of, you know, it's very very sort of quiet and, and lovely and kind of loving song, but then there's also some lyrics there that are a bit like, oh, okay, that's a bit um, strange, you know, a bit, um, I think I read somewhere sinister, someone talk, talked about a sinister line, you know, about barricading. Oh, yeah, the... Um... Is that like a bit, you know, what's that all about, you know, uh, in terms of you'd better barricade the way out. She'll I'm tell looking, you she loves you. Yeah. Yeah. She'll tell you that she'll stay. So you'd better barricade the way out. She'll tell you she's true. She'll tell you she loves you. She's waiting in that warm room. She'll tell you that she'll stay. Ooh, so you better barricade the way out. She'll tell you she's true. So what's that all about? <laughs> I, well, yeah, she's, so she supposedly wrote this, like, like you were saying, it was supposed to be written for men. Um, there's actually a really cool quote from her. She said, uh, I'm always getting accused of being a feminist. Really, I do write a lot of my songs for men, actually. In fact, In the Warmer was written for men because there's so many songs for women about wonderful men that come up and chat you up when you're in the disco. And I thought it would be nice to write a song for men about this amazing female. And I think that I am probably female-oriented with my songs because I am a female and have very female emotions, but I do try to aim a lot of the psychology, if you like, at men. Good for you, Kate. I love that. I mean, honestly, most of the songs on this album, she writes from a male male perspective. She's either playing the part of a boy, like 
um, in search of Peter Pan or yeah. in Kashka from Baghdad. And then this, I guess. The, wow. she's, yeah. Oh, yeah. And of course, and wow. And in this one, I guess she's just the you she's talking to is another guy that, oh, she's an outsider telling the guy about what's happening to him and all that. Exactly. And it could be, I mean, uh, again, I also read people saying, oh, I think this song is about someone going to a prostitute, um, which I've never, I've never entertained with this song at all. Like I can see, but I can see, you know, like maybe in the warm room, she's waiting in that warm room and, and the the red lips and, um, and, all of that, but um, but I, it never crossed my mind that that's what she wrote it about. Uh, to me, it sounded like it was. It could have been like a fling, or it could be like a much longer, kind of a long term relationship um, that, that's quite lovely. But um, I never thought of it as anything else. So um, so I was quite surprised yeah. when I saw that. Yeah, because there is, isn't anything in the lyrics like about, oh, she'll be yours for just one night and you'll have to pay yeah. her or something like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the lyrics now. I really like the, um, the well, you long to kiss those red lips, but when you do, it'll feel like kicking a habit. <laughs> To me, that's an interesting way to put, like, somebody trying to, like, they, that, like, you you kiss this beautiful woman and your cares are just, like, <sighs> melting yeah. away or something. Yeah. It's just very interesting. Just lost. you just lost in all of that, you know. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that exists right now in the world. Um, I mean, the, yeah, that's how I interpreted that line. Um you know, I guess there's there's lots of different ways of, of looking because it's, you know, we're talking about addiction here all of a sudden, you know, kicking a habit, you know, it's almost mm-hmm. like a, almost like an addiction or, or um, I don't know, but, but that's the way I interpret it as well. So what's your favorite lyric or what are kind of your favorite lyrical moments? That was, that was definitely, I think the, even writing the, I love it all, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even even just the very beginning in the warm room her perfume reaches you you know I mean it's just such a just conjures up this like the smell of the person you know it's it's you know it's sensual you know it's the smell and it's a touch and it's a look you know she's got it all in there you know that's the sense of smell and then she's got the um she lets you watch her undress you know um you know there's there's that whole visual and the red you know you long to kiss those red lips you know that whole visual and then there's the touch as well you know Mm. where your fingers want to linger um but you know uh, i also love that you know quite controversial lyric about her you know her thighs as soft as marshmallows say hello to Mm. the warm hollows i mean what a beautiful way to describe that the you know warm mask of her hollows you know it's just um again it's such a beautiful way of describing a woman's um, you know, innermost kind of being, you know, and it's it's just lovely. So um, that's that's another. I think marshmallow is quite funny. You know, it's very childish. <laughs> mm, <laughs> you know? Interesting, yeah. 
understand uh, why she writes that. Yeah, because when I think marshmallows, I, I think of s'mores. I go, mmm, s'mores. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have s'mores, man? <laughs> I don't I don't think of Rocky Road or anything, but... Um... <laughs> oh, yeah, Rocky Road. Man, now I'm hungry for ice cream. And it's 10 o'clock at night as we're recording this. At least 10 o'clock my time. <laughs> but it's, um, again, you know, it's just a way of, of that, you know, it's the, the descriptions in the lyrics. So... I think just that first line, you know, in the warm room a perfume reaches you. It just I just think it's it just sets the tone for the whole song. Like it's just so alluring and inviting and you just want to read on, you want to sing on, you want to you want to know what happened in that room. You want to be there. And again, it's uh, it's a bit you know, you, you talked about feel it before. Um, mm. the other song that it reminds me of is After the Party. Um, is that the is it the same? It is the same. Actually, it's the same one because it begins after the party. Yeah. No, it is. I'm thinking um, I was thinking of Oh, To Be In Love. But, no, um, ah. you know, when that lyric, when she goes, you know, after the party, um, we go back to your parlour, a dangerous laughter. It you is, know, it's a Yeah, that is thing. feel it, yep. Yeah, yeah. So, sorry, I just got confused there. But, um, uh yeah, it, it, there's so many similarities between the two songs. I wonder if she even wrote them around about the same time. She might have. Because it, it's so similar, you know, the way she sings, the way she plays, you know, the fact that it's piano and then the, the lyrics, you know, um, again, it's like the whole, you know, feel it is a bit more to me, you know, there's a bit more fun and play in that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is more kind of deeper and... Yeah, mm-hmm. this kind of feels like if feel it is supposed to be like, oh yeah, we've met each other and it's really good. Oh yeah, we're about to have some fun and like like going all yeah. the way. This feels like a little bit like, um, like the lead up to it. Like there's a lot yeah. of because there's a lot of teasing there. Like she'll touch you with her your mama's hand, you'll long to kiss those red lips, you'll fall into her. She'll touch you with your mama's pillow like a pillow she prepares to go to bed she'll let you watch her undress makes it feel like oh it's a tease it's like a strip tease
get this like kind of soft focus old Victorian feel to this song. I feel like as I'm listening to it and I and it's because she's such a visual artist, I feel kind of like yeah. I'm watching this like seep, very sepia toned movie and like there's maybe like jaunt maybe some jaunty piano music, but then there'll be some title <laughs> cards, but it's all like Yeah, yeah, right, right. Oh, right, like a silent movie. Yeah, like a silent movie. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the pause there, folks. The pause there was me like acting out like Charlie Chaplin or Lillian Gish or something. <laughs> I love that. You're right. She's. It's quite interesting because when you when you listen to her songs, um, and you know this, you know some of her songs are very much about stories that she read, like Wuthering Heights and, um, you know, In Search of Peter Pan. Um, you know, she reads a story like uh, Cloud Busking. Yeah. Cloud busting, sorry, mm-hmm. um, where she's written a she's she's read a book and then she's written a song to go with that book or with that story, um, and then there's there are songs that I feel like are more personal experience, you know, things that she's writing about her own you know love or her own discoveries and I don't know about the in the warm room and and um, feel it. I don't know if it's something that she experienced. It was something that she wanted to share as part of growing up or, or whether it's something that she's read as well. I'm not, uh, don't know much about I don't know. why she, she wrote it, but it is very visual. You're right. Mm. You know, you really, you can really see a lot of those um, visuals that she's describing in the song. So mm. she even makes her voice kind of go with the, the emotions of the song, like, like in a lot of the songs on this album, this album is very theatrical Lionheart. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, her, it feels like, especially in this one, like, her voice is always going up and down, and it'll go, like, huge yeah, leaps sure. in the melody, and, I mean, as you know from playing it. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. The, you know, it, it uh, to me, just fits in that album so well, as well. It just sits there. I, one of my, fa- actually, quite a few of my favorite songs are from that album, you know, Wow is one of my favorites. I really enjoy singing, um... Uh, oh England, my lion heart as well. I, mm-hmm. I really enjoy seeing that. I don't connect with it as much in terms of the emotion because, you know, England. I'm not connected to England, but I do. Mm-hmm. I do see is you know what she's writing about, and and I can. Um, I'm actually surrounded by people who are, so I can really. Mm-hmm. And Kashka from Baghdad. I mean, what a great song. You know, what an amazing. You know, thinking about when it was written. Mm-hmm. Um, where we are today in terms of you know um equal um equal rights and same-sex marriage and and all of that i mean australia's just literally last year voted on on same-sex marriage and and Mm -hmm. it's now legal took that long and so when i think to that all those years ago i just think you know wow that's that's incredible Speaking of like Kashka from Baghdad, this was supposed to be performed on a children's TV show called Ask Aspel. And she ended up doing Kashka from Baghdad instead of the song. Because she thought, oh, no, this song is going to be too sexual. I probably shouldn't do this for a children's show. So she went with, oh, her song about a homosexual couple. (laughs) I love that. Exactly. You gotta just love this woman. 
there was a reason, you know, maybe she was trying, because Kashka is not as, suggest, you know, it's um, it's a bit more subtle in, in how, you know, you can actually interpret it in different ways, like, you know, just friends or whatever. And it's also got that, um, um, there's a bit of that circus kind of feel to it in, in some parts as well in, in Kashka. So I think um, there's a bit more of that childlike feel to Kashka. But, yeah, I wouldn't play in a warm room on a children's show. That would that would be very racy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How funny. I didn't realise that. That's mm-hmm. um, interesting and amusing that she was going to sing that. And said she went with Kashka from Baghdad. She's also amusing and interesting. So there you mm-hmm. go. Oh, good honor. It's great. Have you seen the um, the only live performance she ever did of this song on the tour of life? No. Look it up on YouTube. Yeah. The footage was never officially released, but they filmed a portion of her singing the song for a German TV special that was just called Kate Bush in Concert. And for this song, she was not playing piano. She had somebody else playing piano. It was uh, Kevin McAlley who actually wrote the English lyrics for uh, 99 Red Balloons or 99 Love Balloons. Okay, yeah. Um, he plays piano and she's on top of the piano and she's got like this skirt. I swear to God, this thing has got to be like five or six yards or something. And she's just dressed very simply and she's on the piano. And it makes me think of like, I know the movie hadn't come out yet, but it makes me think of something like the fabulous Baker boys. It was this movie with Michelle Pfeiffer. I know exactly the scene and she lies on the piano. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause it's these two guys they are, they're kind of struggling with their lounge act. And so they get Michelle Pfeiffer in there. Cause Hey, Michelle Pfeiffer, <laughs> she's gorgeous. And she does things. She like lies on the piano and it told seeing that routine totally makes me think of that.
right. Well, lovely to speak to you mm-hmm. and uh, maybe we'll see you in Sydney one day. Yep. Sounds good. And it was great to talk, Kate Bush, with you. And I'll I'll send you a, a link to a, a raw file of this when it's all done. Awesome. It's released. Excellent. Right. Bye. Bye. Great Thank you so much. Great to meet you. Bye. Bye. If you have a favorite Kate Bush song or even a few songs that you would love to chat about on a future episode, please feel free to email me kbcast at linkmedia.com. That's link with an E. You can also find me on Twitter at strangekatecast and on Facebook, facebook.com slash katebushpodcast. Also, feel free to email me if there's something about this week's song that we have not gotten to in our discussion. I want to make sure I hear from you guys. See everybody next week. It's one of my absolute dreams to see alive. It was one year where I'd been over these twice um, and spent a whole lot of money on it and started a new job. Um, And I haven't been overseas for years before that. Mm -hmm. And then, after, you know, everything was booked and, you know, started my new job, had my two trips booked, and then it, the, the announcement came out and I'm like, what? Why is it on this one year that um, that I've already, you know, spent all this money going overseas and, you know, Australia to London is such a crazy trip. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just, But then he gave me this hope, it's like, oh, maybe it's just the first of many, maybe she'll she'll do a world trip or she'll have more, you know, more concerts. But um, so far we haven't heard of anything. So um, no. crossing my fingers and toes for it. I, I saw that she got some awards for 50 Words for Snow um, and, you know, maybe that will, I don't know, inspire her to, to do more concerts. She, you know, she would have loved doing this one. Um but she puts so much effort into them and I just wonder if she just did like a piano, okay, don't have to, don't go into all the effort. Just just put on some concerts and sit at the piano. People will enjoy that. Um, I to create- totally agree, yeah. <laughs> all of that, you know. I mean, it's amazing, but you don't have to do that. So, um, yeah, maybe maybe it just, I mean, it would put me off to, to have to organise all of that and, you know, it's years of preparation and, you know. So, uh, anyway, crossing fingers still and yeah. uh, waiting. Yeah, I mean, no one thought that she would perform again and then she did. So, who knows? Yeah. I know the first time she toured, oh, let's say I wasn't even born yet. That was the year my parents got married. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think I must have been a little kid. I didn't even know about her. Um, and, um, yeah, it's it was so long ago, you know, that, that first first and last time before 2014. Yeah. Um, she did yeah. a lot of TV appearances and uh, interviews but, but just not live shows. Uh, and, again, a, a testament to the fact that she just does things when she wants to do them and uh, and when it's convenient and 
wanted to raise her son and mm-hmm. be a mum, and that's cool. I really respect that actually about her. Yeah, no, a lot of celebrities don't tend to do that. They're just kind of like, oh, we'll just hand them off to the nannies and eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, she's uh, she's pretty incredible. She also participated in the, I don't know if you've done that, the most Wuthering Heights day ever. Have you done that before? No, I haven't. Um, I don't, I haven't heard of any around me in the U.S. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. They, they are they are in the U.S., but there's probably just some, I think, you know, in certain places. Yeah, you it's know, probably yeah. like the major cities like New York or Los Angeles yeah. or something. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I know that I'm like the only Cape fan I know around me, at least, <laughs> at least around here in Virginia. Right. Well, yeah, I don't know too many either. Um, and, you know, the people that I do know are not, not quite as much into her as I am. I've, there's a, maybe two or three that are really, you know, uh, very much into her. But I, um, I've done it twice now. Um, uh, the last time I went was just after I got back from overseas from the, uh, from actually from, uh, New York and, uh, I landed at six in the morning and, uh, and the dance, the choreography was on at midday. So, um, I literally landed, got home, showered, put my red dress on and, and walked over to, uh, to the field to, uh, to dance with all the other Kates, uh, in the field. And that is a huge amount of fun. Mm-hmm. It's great because you're surrounded by you know 200, 300 Kates who are all doing the Wuthering Heights um, routine, and it's just a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. highly recommended if you can get there. <laughs> oh, I would I would love to participate. I just to be around yeah. a bunch of other Kate fans because I never get that. I don't get because she doesn't tour, so you don't get the experience no. of like and oh, also yeah. in the US. So she's not very big at all where you are. Yeah. No, she's was primarily charted like in the like the the college, more like the college radio mm. market. So yeah. that's kind of like your more left of center sort of music. And I will say though, I did hear King of the Mountain in a Taco Bell. Oh really? Oh, really? It's about Elvis. I, and it's. Like maybe I don't know. It will. It was right about the time that Ariel had come out, and I was I was there late one night with my friend because oh it's college. What do you do in college when you're bored at night? You go to a for a late night Taco Bell <laughs> run. <laughs> and totally. I, I came in and I heard the do 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 do, and I'm like, and then can you see the eyes of women? I'm like, whoa yeah, I know whoa <laughs> whoa wait a second here. What universe has I walked into? <laughs> There's a, ch- a children toy shop around the corner from here, and, and I walked in there one day looking for a gift, and a whole album, like it was a whole of the kick inside, was playing in the background, or something. And I went up to her and I said, "Who's put that album on?" She goes, "Oh, me." And I said, Are "You a Kate Bush fan?" She's like, "Yeah." And I was like so surprised to see a young teenage <laughs> girl in you know 2000 and whenever 16 it was mm-hmm. um who's playing kate bush at, the, at a children's toy store so i just actually stayed extra time so i could um sing along mm-hmm. um but more recently and this was really interesting um the commonwealth games are on now um and the commonwealth games are a bit like the olympics but it's just um the commonwealth country so it's oh, obviously yeah. you know, uh, the UK, you know, New Zealand, Australia, mm-hmm. um, any, any of the countries that, are, that belong to the Commonwealth. 
<clears throat> so they're on now, and the opening ceremony was on two or three days ago, I think. And Hello Earth was playing. Oh. Some of it, like a, a segment of Hello Earth was playing. It wasn't sung by Kate. Someone else sang it, but it was definitely Hello Earth. And, uh, again, I was like, what? This is interesting. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. Every now and again, you're just like, I think you, you do, you can spot all the Kate Bush fans when something comes on because they just look around. They go, hang on, this is unusual. Why are they playing Kate Bush? <laughs> um, you, you see all these like little um, meerkats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, whoop, uh-huh. the restaurant. Whoop, whoop. Um, so, yeah, but I'm definitely one of those people that are just very attuned to hearing one of her songs play here and there and, and just really enjoy it. So. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 